Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we're talking the closing stretch of the regular season for basketball and hockey, as well as some football news, the start of practice, and some changes to the staff. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be back with you here Tuesday morning, February 21st. Um, and we do we do have a lot to talk about here. Uh, the men's basketball team is where we'll begin. Uh, beat Michigan State on Saturday to get a season split with the Spartans. Um, all eight games since uh, Jawan Howard has arrived at Michigan have been won by the home team. Um, and that trend continued on Saturday. Um, you know, Michigan finished strong. That was that was kind of a bucking a trend from really the entire season of being in close games late and then not doing what it took to win. They they did. They scored the final 12 points of the game. It was it was tied um you know with a few minutes left and and Michigan um yeah just dominated the the closing stretch to win this win this game. So um an, an important game because it was you know a rivalry and you know, again, you just kind of always want to protect your home court, but I, I don't know. It's just like the Big Ten tournament is really what Michigan is is playing for now to try to get into the NCAA tournament because I just don't think it's gonna it's gonna happen for them in the regular season. They're they're just they're too far outside the bubble right now. Um, now he could say, oh, well, what if they win their you know run the table here, win uh, you know at Rutgers on Thursday, and then it's Wisconsin at home, followed by road trips to Illinois and Indiana. It's like, well, fine, but there's just no no reason to believe that that they're going to do that. Um, it is it is wild. They're tied, they're, they're tied for uh, fourth in the in the Big Ten right now, uh, albeit a, a five way tie for fourth. But you know, it's not out of the question that they get like a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but wow. again, it's about the teams that they've actually beaten, you know, along the way, uh, you know, to post that record. And and again, the the closing stretches is tough here with three of the four uh, on the road. You, you could even go a step further. I was at, I actually was at the Michigan game on Saturday first Michigan basketball game. I've been at in like five years, but anyway, I, I Hey, I point. thought you were at the Eastern Michigan game earlier this year. Uh, yes, I was. I was. First I, I guess home I'm game. At first home at game. Chrysler. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were down six, I think with four or five minutes left, Michigan state kind of went on a run there and you thought, okay, here we go again. Like Michigan's going to fold down the stretch. And like you said, it was, it was just the opposite. I thought they played relatively well down the down the, uh, the final few minutes. It seemed like their big lineup almost hurt Michigan State. You know, when they had two two big guys in at the same time. So, yeah, I, I wonder if that's something they can kind of build on. You mentioned them, but you know, potentially winning out and whether that gets them in the tournament or not. And obviously, I don't know, and that remains to be seen. But I do think there's some there's a case to be made for momentum building and kind of gelling as a group going into the tournament. Because as you said, I mean. Anything can happen there. I mean, if they do make a nice run there, whether it's winning or even get to the finals, I mean, I would think it would play a, a you know, it would play a factor into the committee's decision. Uh, but at this point, I think more wins, uh, the more wins you can get, obviously, the, the better for, for them. Yeah, that uh, that two big lineup with Terrace Reed um, in there with Hunter Dickinson absolutely was was key. Um, you know, Kyle Austin was telling me after that that Tom Izzo will usually match uh, other teams when they when they do that, but he didn't. On Saturday night, he you know he he stayed he stayed small and it it, it did not did not work for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jed Howard got hurt in that game. Um, you know, turned his ankle. It was, it was a oh, different no. ankle than the one that kept him out um, from you know uh, missing a game earlier this season. But 
uh, we'll, we'll learn more probably tomorrow. Um, you know, to hope, hope to talk to, you know, someone on the, on the staff and, and get an update on, on jet to see whether he's available. Um, it, it is interesting. I'm not preface this by saying, I don't think they're Michigan is better off without jet Howard. Um, but they, they have a better idea, I think, at times of what they want to do offensively, um, you know, which is then it kind of almost forces them to to play through Hunter Dickinson more um, and, you know, play off of him as far as, you know, whether if, he, if he's double teamed or not, um, you know, what what they do from there. Uh, so it, it almost limits their options, which which makes it things a little uh, simpler for, for them and, and sometimes, you know, more more efficient. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what. Uh, jet status is um for thursday at Rutgers, but again it's a it's a tough tough closing stretch um you know for for the men here um as they as they wrap up the regular season um the and it was it was an interesting interesting vibe obviously you you were there uh aaron i mean all, all the pregame stuff to um uh in recognition you know uh, of the tragedy at at michigan state earlier in the week but then once the game started, it was a very it was a very normal game. I mean, it's what what you hope for that, um, you know, whether it was a distraction or not for folks, I, I don't know. That's for each individual to decide. But it was it was just a normal basketball game where, you know, a player got a technical for some trash talking. Uh, it was competitive. Um, you know, fans were getting on his O when he was, you know, getting riled up with the ref. So it, it seemed it seemed normal for for the you know 40 minutes of basketball yeah agreed i mean it, you almost in a way especially toward the end of the game you almost forgot what had happened early in the week which you know in a, in a way is probably a good thing that's the point of sports is to kind of uh you know let you forget what, about what's going on in real life it takes you away from reality so in that regards it, it went well um the, in, in from a fan perspective i guess we were seated in the upper deck my, my buddy's got season tickets and he invited me to tag along so i did um but yeah, the environment, it was different. I mean, there were a lot of Michigan State fans up there. Everyone was real respectful, obviously cheering on their, their side and everything else. But it was a, it came across very clean, old-fashioned uh, rivalry. It was it was good to see. And it was a competitive game, which is really, you know, all you can ask. Right. And then I, I was there at, back at Chrysler again uh, last night, Monday night, for the women's game against Ohio State. Top 15 matchup. Uh, and Michigan commits 27 turnovers. Uh, the same number as they had in, in the first meeting with Ohio State, which was also a loss, um, and, and they lose 74 to 61, um, you know, despite 36 points from That's Leah wild. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it was, it was crazy. They shot, uh, you know, Michigan shot 64% uh, in the, in the, in the first quarter, um, you know, and they were, they were they were down seven points um, because you know Ohio State was was you know shooting a similar percentage and they were doing it from three point range. Um, you know they made seven they missed their first three and then they made seven in a row eight in a row. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, both teams kind of cooled off a little bit in the second half and and you know Ohio State had had turnover problems as as well. They uh, they finished with with nineteen, which is a healthy number, but um, you know Michigan Michigan outdid them there so. Uh, yeah, they got they got eleven and ten points from uh, Emily Kaiser and Jordan Hobbs, respectively, um, and then two each from their other two starters, and, and that was it. You know, no points from the bench, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty much you know Leah Brown and everybody else out there, and 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 that's a problem. Um, and you know, part of part of the reason for that is is no Laylaphilia, um, Mister Fifth Straight Game with with a leg injury. Um, you know, she's got a pretty large brace on that leg um and you know walking gingerly and 
Kim Barnes Rico, you know, I asked her like, what's her status? And she's like, I, I don't know. You know, it's day to day. We'll see. And it's day to day, but it's not, you know, it's just like, she kind of just said that. Um, it's not like there's a chance she'll come back tomorrow. You know what I mean? She's right. like, we, we, she said it's going to be a minute and, you know, hoping to get her back, uh, you know, sometime this season that that's the hope, but, um, I don't know. Only, only two regular season games left. I, I guess I wouldn't expect her for any of those. Uh, so we'll see, um, you know, Michigan we talked about, you know, key is to, to try to be in the, one of those top four seeds in your region and, and host, um, you know, Michigan probably still there, but you know, even, even, you know, Kim said like their, their, their trajectory is, is not going, is going in the wrong direction there. Um, so we'll, we'll see, um, and you know how they're playing you know, without, without Philia, it, it's tough. They, these are, these are really good teams they're playing too. So, you know, Indiana and Ohio state back to back, that's no shame in losing to them, but you know, you'd, you'd like to try to try to win at home and again, the turnovers, you know, Philia played in the first game against Ohio state when they also had 27 turnovers. So um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say they just, they they struggle with the press um, and they had three 10 second violations in the backcourt um, they had other live ball turnovers, uh, and, uh, yeah, something that, that needs to be corrected because they're now, they're now, they, they went 0 and 6 in the regular season against teams, uh, in front of them in the standings, those, those four teams being Ohio state, Maryland, Iowa, and Indiana. Um, you know, those teams are all in the top 15 nationally as well. Um, so, you know, Indiana has one loss all year. So th- these are really good teams, but, uh, you know, Michigan seems to be just a, they're just they're just a step behind in those games. Um, you know, all of those losses have been by by at least eight points. So, yeah, I, th- I think at the beginning of the year too, we were talking about how they're replacing Nas Hillman and, and being having more balanced scoring and being deeper in the lineup. And then now you're starting to see, okay, without Layla Filia, they leaned on Leah Brown a lot. I mean, she scored twenty or more in in five of six, uh, a couple thirty point games in there, another twenty nine, and and while that's nice. They're just not getting that secondary scoring from from other other players, and and I don't I don't know if they're forcing trying to force the ball to Leah now, knowing that 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 she is their their go to store. But like it, it just seems like a different dynamic with with this team without one of their key players in the lineup, and and the balance hasn't really been there as much uh, since since she she's she's been out. Yeah, no, great point, and I I think that's true. You want to be. You want to be playing team basketball. That's what that's what Hobbs said after the game. That that's when they're at their best when multiple people are playing well. Um, you know, at, at the same time, uh, yeah, when someone scores, you know, way more than ha- even half your points. Like that's that's not that's probably not a not a good thing. Um, so, yeah, they've got they've got some work to do here as they uh, you know kind of wind down the the regular season. Uh, Ryan, I know the the hockey team was was in action. They had a you know, one of these uh, outdoor games where we're talking a little bit before we recorded about maybe the novelty of those games wearing off. But I don't know what 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 are your thoughts and you know how did how did Michigan do against Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, I wasn't able to to go to Cleveland. Our our sister site Cleveland.com was there covering it, so I decided to take a little vacation. So I wasn't able to to watch much. I was in in memphis with my girlfriend kind of trying to watch it on my phone a little bit while we were walking down beale street and and going in and out of some stores so um i mean it, it looked like a pretty i mean it's it's cool to watch for a little bit just to kind of see the environment and see what the setup is but then i mean it, especially if you're at those games 
it's tougher to see the games too. And the sound yeah. isn't the same, especially like if you're in the press box, like I was taught, I went to availability um, with uh, head coach Brandon Arado on Monday and was talking to some of the Michigan Daily kids. And they're like, it's just weird. You can't hear anything from the press box because the ice is so far away and you're indoors in the press box. So it's just a completely different vibe that you typically get in college hockey where you're so close to the the ice all the time. So um, but in the end, yeah, it, it was a it was a crushing loss for for Michigan. Lost four to two. Um, so yeah, they had a seven game win streak going into the series, tied in, on Thursday night in Columbus, and then lost the the extra Big Ten point in a shootout. And in that game, I mean, I guess uh, Narada was saying how that was their worst possession game of the year as far as the the possession possession stats. So they were up three to one, but the Buckeyes continued to make a push tied it in the third and, and picked up a crucial extra point. And then uh, and on Saturday, I mean, the ice, it didn't look very good. I, the, the, a little bit I was watching there. I know they had a couple stoppages um, and that's always a, an element of those outdoor games is, is keeping the ice good. And uh, yeah, mission, mission lost four to two, uh, 0 for seven on the power play, gave up a couple power play goals. And that was kind of like the, the difference in the game there. Narada was happy with their five on five play, but when you go, when when you have the talent you do when like Michigan has and you go over seven on the power play, I mean you're, it's going to be tough to win games that way. Um, so now they're 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 in a tie with the Buckeyes heading into the final weekend of the series, both with thirty six points, both with uh, some tough tests here to end the year. Michigan hosts Notre Dame, while uh, Ohio State plays first place Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's going to be tough. I don't think Michigan controls its own destiny now because Ohio State holds the tiebreaker advantage. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see what happens, not only for positioning in the Big Ten, but like even for the pairwise now. So they they remained at number four in both the national polls and are still at number three in the pairwise, but they drop both games to Notre Dame this week and they'd fall to number seven and 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 uh, would be in danger of not getting the number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which I mean, you always want to, to do. So a lot, lot on the line here. Notre Dame's going to be a desperate team. They're fighting for their NCAA tournament life, so they have a ton on the line here. So, And if you're Michigan, you want that number two seed in the Big Ten tournament, too, to be able to play Wisconsin first round and then guarantee that you host a semifinal if you get past the um, – if you get past the first round, a best out of three series, so it will be should be a fun weekend at Yoast. Yeah, it's what I what I heard from uh, people who were who were at that game is that kind of some of the things you mentioned that sight lines not great depending on where you're sitting and and it's not very loud overall. Uh, you know, I guess again outdoor the sounds got place to escape. Um, but okay, we've got uh, we've got some football football news as well. Um, you know, some some staff changes. I know the the last time we we talked, we uh, had mentioned um, Chris Partridge coming in, but wasn't exactly sure where he was, where he was going to fit. And, you know, I remember discussing it probably signaled someone was maybe on their way out. Um, that has since happened. Uh, Aaron, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Bring us up to speed on what's going on with Michigan football coaching staff. Yeah, last time we spoke, Chris Partridge came in without a title. Uh, we didn't really know what he was going to be. Um, I was told to kind of stay tuned and, and wait and see kind of how things sh- you know sh- uh, shape out. Uh, turns out uh, George Hilo, Michigan's linebackers coach, has departed early. I think he had a year left on his contract. It was reported that it was a mutual uh, decision to part ways with Michigan. I don't know exactly the details there. 
Uh, nonetheless, he won't be on staff next year. Chris Partridge has been bumped up to linebackers coach, a move I think we kind of expected. I think last time we spoke, it was either you know, I kind of you know wondered if it was Mihilo or Jay, or Jay Harbaugh was in for a move or something to that effect, just be, based on Partridge's past having coached safeties and linebackers. Turns out he's in the coach linebackers. So um, you know, not a, not a huge surprise. I do think it's a step up, um, especially in the recruiting front. Mihilo uh, was he was a fine recruiter, but uh, Partridge I think brings next level. He could easily become Michigan's best recruiter, if not number two. Uh, you know, with him and Sharon Moore on staff, those two together have done a very good job. Um, they were both kind of had had, hand, had their hand in getting Daxton Hill here. Uh, so it, it's certainly a, a you know bump there. Um, and then we get news today, Tuesday morning, that the staff changes may not be done yet. I guess time will tell on this one. But uh, Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minner has reportedly interviewed uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles for their vacant defensive coordinator position. Um, so we'll see there. He's not the only one to have interviewed. They've interviewed several other folks. So he's one of many here. Um, nonetheless, he's drawing interest, which is interesting just because, as we all know, Mike McDonald, Michigan's former defensive coordinator uh, two years ago, obviously interviewed with the Ravens and then got the job. So we'll see. He's very uh, interested. Um, you know, he did a very good job last year. Michigan's defense was top 10, no matter what, you know, basically any way you splice it. Very successful, uh, smart guy. He's got NFL experience, having obviously previously coached with the the Baltimore Ravens. Um, So this isn't just an interview just because he's a top-tier college coordinator. He does have NFL chops. He knows what it takes. He kind of knows how how things operate up there. Uh, So I got to think he's going to be a finalist or someone they're seriously going to consider. Man, if there's one member on staff where you cannot lose this late in the game, it's got to be Minter at this point. I mean – the transition was pretty easy from McDonald to Minter just because the schemes are so similar. But like, I mean, if that, they also had a little bit of a time to adjust that, I mean, with spring practices already started, you can't implement anything new at this point. It's your, your full go getting ready for the 2023 season. So that would be, uh, that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch as well. And it would be a huge blow for this Michigan defense if he departs. Yeah. And they, I mean, they keep in mind too, they've got experienced guys already in staff. Partridge was a former defensive coordinator, old miss, so he could easily step into the role, but you're right. Like, is, is he going to be able to run something similar to what McDonald and, and Hilo were do or, and a mentor were doing? So we'll see. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we could see further staff turnover here. It's curious too that just Jim's decision to start spring practice so soon. This is not, I think, the second straight year where they've started basically mid February. Their first practice was yesterday, Monday, in Ann Arbor on February 20th, which is a lot sooner than most programs. Like Ohio State isn't starting for another few weeks to kind of give you perspective here. Um, they did last year, I think it was to try and get a jump on things to kind of build off the momentum of last year and kind of get things. Um, just kind of go based on what they have from a, from a personnel perspective. But you're right. I mean, if they go through a staff change midway through spring practice, that's not that's not ideal. Um, obviously, they can probably weather it. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a you know a bad timing, I think, for everyone involved. Yeah, I, I, in the intro, I just called it practice, not spring practice. It's not, it's not spring out there, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't know. But yes, it did seem did seem early to me. And yeah, two years in a row potentially of one and done with your defensive coordinator would be would be tough but uh we'll see um yeah any other any other you know notes on the on the football side here before we wrap things up not yet uh like i said they just started spring practice They're, it, it's it's an odd schedule they're going to practice this week and then they take next week off and they resume the following week uh, just because university spring break is is next week so 
Um, their spring, the spring game is still scheduled for April 1st in Ann Arbor. That's supposed to be the conclusion of the practice schedule. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a ton going on. Uh, you know, the, the transfer portal is kind of uh, frozen right now. So you're not going to see any guys come, come or go at least right now. Um, but yeah, practice is underway and, uh, we'll have updates here hopefully in the next, next couple of days, weeks. Yeah, if you're wondering when we might start having more coverage of spring practices, stay tuned because we have no idea when the first availability will be at this point. So hopefully at some point this week, because they, like Aaron said, they do go on on break next week. But yeah, at this point, it's been uh, crickets from from Michigan as far as availability here uh, as they begin spring practices. Yeah, business as usual there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, stay tuned for our continued coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>